My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. The idea of a famous person going into politics might seem like a new thing if you're watching the news. But in reality, US politics and fame have always been bound up together. Today on Irishman in America, Marion McKeown, our US correspondent and the US correspondent for the Sunday Business Post, walks us through the strange and wonderful history of celebrities going into politics and running for office. The reason we are talking about it this week, for starters, is Herschel Walker. Donald, President Trump, he's a fighter. You know, ever since I've known him, he's, he's always been a fighter. How do you characterize his presidency? Power, strength. I have to say that he did America for his policies was absolutely incredible. Marion, walk us through what exactly came out about this ex-football star running for Senate in Georgia. Oh, hello, Charlotte. And where to start is the question with this. Herschel Walker was, to say he's a huge football star and icon in America is an understatement. He's not quite Tom Brady, but he he won the Heisman Trophy, which is the greatest accolade you can get in American football. He was a brilliant player and he was a football hero. Now, there's always an interesting thing when it comes to, to black American sportsmen, because unfortunately, they're not just judged by their sporting skills. And this is true also of famous black musicians, actors, any black persons who come to prominence, they're also judged by what they have done or not done to advance the lives of black people in general. And, you know, I mean, you have like the, the most recent, I suppose, example would be Colin Kaepernick of somebody who really did sacrifice his career, um, mm. to, you know, in, in a bid to try and make things more equal to, um, to, to focus on racial justice. Uh, Herschel Walker never did that. This is why the race in Georgia, okay, he's running for the Senate in Georgia. Now, Georgia has historically been a very red state. It has been dominated by white male politicians forever. And they always, Georgia always votes Republican. Georgian set, the senators are always white men from Georgia. And uh, and that's just how it's been. But in 2020, Joe Biden, shock horror, won the state of Georgia. Not only that, but Georgia sent back two senators, one of whom was a black preacher, um, a really, really smart guy, the other of whom was a young Jewish journalist. And and this was, everybody's going, my God, what's going on in Georgia? But anyway, the, the Raphael Warnock, who was the very brilliant black preacher, was a special election, which meant he only had two years and now he has to go again against Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker 
probably the best known person in Georgia. If you go there, and I've been several times, you know, it's the one name everyone knows because of his football brilliance, because of his career, uh, and where he really put Georgia on the map for football. So um, that is the highlight of, of his career. A lot of black people that I spoke to in Georgia said they wouldn't vote for him, and uh, not just because they preferred Raphael Warnock as a candidate, because he's smarter, more articulate, he has clear positions on things, and he has been, you know, a very political guy all his life. But they said they wouldn't vote for, for um, Herschel Walker, because when he had the chance to do something in Georgia where there was terrible segregation and racial injustice, he looked the other way. Now, he's always said, I was a footballer, I was never a politician which is all very well until now he has decided he wants to become a politician and that's where the kind of rubber really hits the road on that one because you know he you know it's it's perfectly fair for a sportsman to say look I don't want to get involved in politics but now he's sort of retrospectively trying to justify that but a more immediate controversy is he, he was discovered as a politician if you will by Donald Trump because he nearly played for one of Donald Trump's football teams in the Donald Trump Football League that never happened. Um, oh and yeah, he a hugely successful Donald Trump Football League. That, that Go massive, ahead. That, that, that a huge hit. Yeah, exactly. But but they stayed pals and Donald Trump decided he was going to endorse Herschel Walker for the Senate to become the, the Republican candidate for the Senate for Georgia in the 2022 midterm. Uh, so people kind of thought like, th the most sympathetic reaction I think was to say, look, this guy, has by his own admission had mental health problems. He says that he has um, a disassociative disorder. And um, he's, you know, he he received several knocks on the head as a footballer. And again, by his own admission, he was never that bright a guy. And he was seen as somebody who was being used by Donald Trump and the Republican Party and that he was being drafted into an arena that he had no business being in because of his lack of grasp of politics, because of his lack of interest in politics, and because of a very spotty personal record. The most immediate thing that came out about him was uh, his ex-wife said that he had threatened to kill her repeatedly and that on one occasion he held a gun to her head, he pointed it right up against her temple and told her he was going to blow her brains out. She was terrified of him. It has since emerged. Now, what um, amongst his very conservative positions are, he's advocating a total ban on abortion, all abortions, no exceptions from the moment of conception. Well, it, it has turned out that he has, he's also one of these, being touched himself as one of these family guys, morality, etc., etc. Firstly, it came out that he had four children by four different women, which, you know, didn't really jive with his whole family morality, etc. And then it turned out that he, it seems, and now, I am always reluctant to quote another media organization as a source of the story, but so far it seems that there's been no convincing denial of it that he paid for a former girlfriend of his to have an abortion. Um, she's also the mother of one of his children. Uh, he concealed this and the Daily Beast first reported this story. He came out and he said it was a flat out lie and he was going to sue them. The woman who has remained nameless then produced um, a receipt from Herschel Walker for $700, which was the cost of the abortion, which was lodged five days after she had the abortion. And the check, she said, came in a get well card from Herschel Walker. Now, you know, I mean, you can have a position on abortion and you're perfectly entitled to that position, but to be painting yourself as a completely no-holds-barred anti-abortion candidate 
when you have secretly paid for one of your girlfriends to have an abortion, just reeks of hypocrisy. Now, also, it's turned out that in the meantime... But, but, but Marion, he also claimed just not to know this woman. Oh, that's right. Well, that was the classic Donald Trump line, isn't it? I don't know her. I don't think I ever met her. Oh, whoops, sorry. She's my ex-girlfriend and the mother of one of my children. But but I I don't know who she is. That's that's even worse than a Donald Trump whoopsie. uh, Because this does, and you, a couple of times when I've brought this man up on the show, you have said, oh, I don't know if we should talk about him because it's so obvious that he has such severe mental issues. Uh, yeah, this is a week where rugby players in the UK and Ireland have come out together and new research has appeared about the impact of concussions in rugby. I mean, this is quite obviously the product of the concussions that he took and maybe something else. Who knows? There could be something else there as well. I mean, um, there could be a myriad of things taking place. But, you know, it, yeah, I, I don't know where it leaves us in this, because, as you said at the start, it did look like the Republican Party was taking advantage of his fame. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, that seems to be one of the big through lines in my preparation for today's show was the idea that the fame can be the coattails can be written. But yeah. what has to happen for it for Herschel Walker to step away? Uh, well, I don't think he will at this point because uh, there are still there are a lot of Republicans in Georgia who will vote for anyone, including Christian Walker. It seems that his campaign is now in a shambles, but he has raised twelve million dollars in the last about three months, and that is purely because he was always seen as. And, and again, this is where I feel huge compassion on one. And for him, because he is a man who has suffered, by, as we said, by his own admission, a number of 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 um, mental health issues, uh, and and he has he was exploited all his life by by white men basically. Because we all know that white men are the ones who get really rich from black sportsmen. Always, that's how it has been through history, and it may be less so today, but it still hasn't been entirely wiped out at all. Mm, so he has. Yeah. The fact is that. All you know, white Georgians who who really support Donald Trump, and there are a lot of them, will all vote for Herschel Walker regardless because they don't really care. All they want to do is not have a Democrat uh, in the Senate for Georgia. It doesn't matter what he does, even between now and election day on November the eighth. They will still vote. But but Marion, I, I can't be the only one listening to you say that, who struggles to believe it. That surely there's a limit. Surely when it emerges about holding guns to people's heads, financing abortions, denying knowledge of a person, realizing, oh, actually, the mother of one of my kids, you don't think there's any limit? No, and I think possibly what is quite damaging is not not in these races, because, and I've said this so many times, and I think that it is borne out, uh, the Republicans want power and want control of the Senate at any cost and it does not matter who the candidate is as is pretty obvious if you look at their candidates they will put them in anyway on the basis that they are not democrats and anything is preferable to a democrat we saw this now it came very close in alabama back in in 2017 when you had judge roy um, moore who was it was known throughout georgia and i think i mentioned this last week 
that he was a paedophile. He was a judge yes. and as a sheriff yeah. as well, he groomed teenage girls and coerced them and forced them into having sex with them. I interviewed so many people down in Alabama during that, during that election, including mainly women who are all saying, so what? You know, he's a Republican, he's not a Democrat. Do you want one of those godless Democrats in? And also saying, it's different down here. You don't understand what it's like in the South. And women get married younger here and girls grow up quicker here. So therefore, a 35-year-old man grooming a 13-year-old girl, in the words of some women there, was not that big a deal. Absolutely now, that, dumbfounded. Like, I think I was lost yeah. for words last yeah. week when you, yeah. you said that. But yeah. that, that's and just facts. But that, that is facts. But that is also how you will square the circle of a candidate who is wholly unpalatable and you will make it like, it's okay, it's okay, because X, Y, and Z. Now, as it happened, uh, Roy Moore was narrowly defeated by a really capable um, Doug Jones, who was who was the prosecutor for Alabama, who prosecuted the civil rights case, including the bombing of the church in, in Birmingham where the four little schoolgirls were killed. You know, he was a he's an impeccable guy, but he was voted out two years later in the special election. He's no longer the, the because he's no longer the candidate, even though or the senator, even though he was doing an excellent job because he's a Democrat. And so they put somebody else in instead. So it's all and this is where, even though Herschel Walker's son, Christian, who again, he's a 23-year-old young guy, he loves to be controversial. He's got a huge social media following. He loves to tweet the left and taunt them and, you know, say things that are very, very far Christian conservative to the right. But he has now turned on his father and been tweeting things saying, you're not a family man. You left us to bang a bunch of women. You threatened to kill us. We had to move six times in six months running from your violence. That has come out in the last mm. couple of days as well, um, um, amongst other things that, that he has tweeted. But Herschel Walker, Lindsey Graham. Now, we all know that Lindsey Graham and, and principal are, are two, two or three words, to be precise, that are never heard in the same sentence because he is so amoral that he will do anything and say anything to protect himself and to keep the Republican Party in power. Now, he has come basically to Herschel Walker's aid and said, look, it, kind of what I'd say, it doesn't matter. He may be a lousy, lousy candidate, but he's our candidate. He's our candidate. And guess what? We're going to vote for him because he's a Republican and we need a Republican in the Senate to take back power. Mm. So, so I I think I will be amazed if he wins <laughs> because just that I think there are enough um, moderates maybe in Georgia, because I, I did meet a lot of them. and and But then there are enough Marjorie Taylor Greene, because remember, she's from Georgia and she was returned with 80% of the vote um, mm. last time out in, in 2020. She's going to romp home again this year. So there's a, this mixture in Georgia. It's about one third black. It's about, I would say, maybe 10% moderate, stroke independent. And then you've got, you know, I, I'm going to say, I don't even know, but like certainly a minority of Democrats. But I think that there may be enough people who like Judge Roy Moore in Alabama may go, no, you know what? It's not just that he's a wife beater. It's not just that he's violent. It's not just that he has serious mental problems, which are not his fault. He's just wholly unsuited to being a senator. He's, he's also the guy who spoke about getting China's dirty air flowing over America and that 
you know, we couldn't have come from apes because if we do, why do apes still exist? Mm. Now, again, that I, that just speaks to somebody who maybe didn't get the the chance to get a very good education and by his own admission doesn't have a high IQ. He's pulled out of the debate that was supposed to take place on the 14th of, of um, October because he feels, and he's correct, he would be no match for Raphael Warnock, who is a very brilliant, very articulate, formidable candidate when it comes to public speaking. So, But as I say, the tragedy for him is that he's allowed himself to be used like this and to be co-opted, and now he's being shamed and humiliated. Um, and, and, you know, at, at the same time, balanced against that, I think, yes, he has done awful things. And I, I don't think you can, I know that concussion and brain injury can make people behave in ways and they can cause them to be violent and irrational. But I think if you look at the total, as I said, the secret funding of the abortion, the denying it, the denying the knowledge of the woman, you know, his ex-girlfriend, this all adds up to somebody who isn't just suffering from mental disabilities, he's suffering from a big moral deficit, I, mm -hmm. I think as well, and he's wholly unsuited to being a senator. So let's widen the lens out a little bit to, you know, why is this pursuit of famous people as a shortcut to power uh, taken off in the way it has? I mean, probably one of the most um, memorable uh, signposts to what we're living through was when Judge Catania Brown-Jackson's Supreme Court confirmation hearing was taking place and Senator Ted Cruz, uh, you know, went at her with his usual kind of way of questioning people in this position and then leaned back in his chair and was seen to Google his own name in Twitter, to search his own name, to see what reaction, what he'd done, had gotten. And probably the only thing that made this special was that we got to see it. We got to see it exactly. firsthand. Um, what, like, I kind of come to this episode today and I did go down through and go right back to, you know, Ronald Reagan and Shirley Temple and go, well, when did this begin and when did it become identified and acceptable to ride the coattails of someone's popularity to public office in the States? You know, I think it's always existed. My theory, my prescription is America really needs a royal family because <laughs> if they haven't got one, they create one. They created a royal family where the, the Kennedys became quasi-celebrities, more celebrities than politicians, certainly with the later generations, where the craving for glamour and fame and beauty and success and the Britain sort of package it all up in, and you might say glamour, beauty, success, they're, they're all beauties, but they packaged it up in, you know, Princess Margaret, you know, the the, the abdicator King, uh, King Edward, or, um, you know, uh, Diana, all of these people, they, they gave the British that fix of gossip and scandal and glamour, and, and yet they were these sort of figurehead leaders. And America doesn't have that, so it creates them. So you now have the Kardashians, who are almost like their royal celebrity family and a number of other families like that. But they have always, like going back to, I mean, I don't know if any of the, the gang out there remembered Shirley Temple, but she was the child star, the American child star with the dimples and the curls and the cutesy little face who could sing and dance. And, you know, she was in films from the time she was three. She 
obviously outgrew her child star status, but she went on to become an American ambassador and she was the ambassador to various countries and she became political. And and that was really, I think, the first one. The first really successful one was, um, as you mentioned, Ronald Reagan. Because now we, we had other people. We had Sonny Bono, Sonny and Cher, I got you, babe, et cetera, et cetera. He um, was part of, like, in the 70s, he was a big pop star with Cher. And then he went off and he went into politics and he started off mayor of Palm Springs in California in the 80s. And then he went into the House of Representatives, or he tried to, I should say. And uh, he he was there for, I think, a couple of years when he eventually died in a skiing accident, as I recall. And I, I hope I'm right about that. But to get back to Ronald Reagan, yeah, Ronald Reagan was... He was political in, in as an actor in that he was also always very supportive of the sort of get the reds out from under the bed and, and Senator McCarthy and all that stuff. And he then went into politics and he, you know, tried several times to get the nomination. He became governor of California. And from there, people thought it was ridiculous. And there he was being, you know, clips of him in films with monkeys and all kinds of things and showing how ridiculous he was. Uh, but he became a president and to this day, any Republican that I know will hold up Ronald Reagan as the single greatest American president, even more so th- than Abraham Lincoln, the Republican president, wow. more so than Abraham Lincoln. And he is revered still in Republican circles. And every year I go to this thing at the Ronald Reagan Library where anybody who wants to become a Republican candidate, a Republican nominee for the presidential race, has to go there and has to deliver their pitch in out in the Simi Valley and and basically get that almost the seal of approval or they'd be on the grave seal of approval or the nod from Ronald Reagan before their campaign is considered legitimate. It's quite amazing, really. So Reagan was, I say he did, he served two terms. He was, you know, he, and he was, whether you agreed with his policies or not, and he was a very good communicator in a way that he could speak to to American people, and there were Democrats who voted for Reagan because they were kind of seduced by his communication skills and by the sunny optimism and by the sort of a, oh shucks demeanor, a sort of a benign demeanor that really concealed some very, very bad policies and some very discriminatory policies and, you know, did a lot of things that, that were, were pretty awful basically, but the economy mm. was booming and everyone was happy and um, a lot of that stuff was overlooked. And uh, There were a couple of scandals. Iran-Contra, I think, was, was one that started on his watch, but he basically got away with it. He skated and he still, as I say, held up as one of the all-time American great presidents. So he was one that succeeded. So I suppose you put him at the top of a list of, of ones that succeeded. Arnold Schwarzenegger, weirdly, as everyone knows, um, decided back in, I think it was 2005, yeah, when when Gray Davis, God love him, the most bland California governor in the history of California governors, because they like them sparky in California, they like a bit of razzmatazz and showbiz. Uh, he was recalled mainly because he was boring, I always felt. Uh, it was to do with electricity and Enron and buying power and, and, you know, all kinds of gambling. And it really wasn't his fault that California was subject to these huge brownouts uh, he was recalled. Arnold Schwarzenegger was just one. Oh my God, I covered that race, Charlotte. And um, it wasn't just Arnold Schwarzenegger. There was a porn star. There was Gary Oldman from Different Strokes, the very small guy from Different Strokes. There were a bunch of lunatics running. Ariana Huffington was another one. That was just take um, Tracy Lord. There, there were just, it was one crazy person after another. There were about 14 candidates and 
And Schwarzenegger won, not because he was the best. He was the least crazy at the time and the most credible, which will tell you something about all the other candidates. As I say, he wouldn't even turn up for races, for, for well, debate. Um, what, he does was, it, what does it tell you, though? I mean, I feel like Schwarzenegger would, would have won just on the back of those movies that he made and how beloved he was that like there's obviously it is a cheat code that like if you can get famous and popular enough in one thing you can traverse into politics and that doesn't matter what country you're in and in some yeah. ways i wondered today if is that such a bad thing that like if you can be really successful at something that you can then go maybe i can apply some of this magical pixie dust that's made my life so great to the world of politics well, what does it say sure. about what does it say about that. people's faith in actual politicians? I'll that give you Donald Trump <laughs> to, <laughs> to respond to that. Because Donald Trump was really successful at one thing. He was really successful at scattering people. He was a con man par excellence. He was a serial bankrupt. He was a serial cheat. He was a serial stiffer of little contractors, and he was a serial bully. Now, he was very successful at all those things, and he did go on to become an American president that a lot of Republicans regard as having been exceptionally successful, so much so that a lot of them believe he is still the real legitimate president. So, you know, there, there is, it's okay, not, okay, I don't well, think let me, it's Let me come back there on that, right? Okay. Let me come back on okay. that, because I, I don't, I, I, in some ways, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, okay. in some ways, we, we've been through it a bunch of times, that if America had a proper democratic system that didn't have an electoral college, that man is just not president. End of story. Yeah. And it is the job of the voters to figure out for themselves if the person that is traversing from one area of success in life to this one, whether they're up to it. I just think that it's, is it a sign of the decline in respect for career politicians that more and more across the world were turning to people who have done well elsewhere. Do people just see the political system as broken in America and that if anyone's going to fix it, it's got to be someone from the outside? And now, as you say, Donald Trump is the model for that and will forevermore. Yeah, I think it depends on, on what the illusion you bring. Like Ronald Reagan portrayed himself in the movies as an American hero, this affable guy, the cowboy, the fighter pilot, the hero. Like the roles that he played in films were very palatable to Americans in a different way. So were the roles that Arnold Schwarzenegger played of this tough guy, Terminator, you know, Hansel mm. Avista baby, etc. like blasting any opponents out of the water. And that was, that really spoke to that American's wagger and kismo and all that. Um, and so I, and I think with Donald Trump, this fantasy, and as we've said before so many times, Donald Trump is a poor person's idea of how a rich person lives. He's a poor person's idea. He's cartoon, a loser's yeah. idea of success. You know, of mm. somebody who's got all the girls, the planes, the yachts, the tacky apartments, the endless money. So, you know, so that was the veneer that he brought that he could, he could win at anything. You know, so I think that these are all seductive models. In America, where the American dream is to everybody, if you work hard enough and you have this and that and whatever, you will succeed. Anyone can be a billionaire. And, you know, I mean, and of course they're being sold a cup there, but anyway. Um, and then you have other people who whose shtick wasn't as well received, 
Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City and a very accomplished stage actress in New York. She ran for New York governor. It went precisely nowhere. Um, she challenged Andrew Cuomo back not that long ago, a couple of years ago. One election um, campaign that I covered that I loved was Kinky Friedman, the brilliant country singer, poet, writer, author, comedian, like just all around larger than life character. He ran, uh, goodness, it was back in 2004 thereabouts, uh, to become governor of Texas. And as I said, I covered that campaign. I don't think I ever laughed as much in my life on any campaign. It was barking mad. And you know what? I think he might have been better because he's a guy, he's a bit like a Willie Nelson, a crazier version of Willie Nelson, a more stoked version of Willie Nelson. He's a guy who wishes nobody any harm, a good Jew or decent guy. There have been so many attempts to draft Willie Nelson for governor of Texas, but I don't think yeah. any interest. And Matthew McConaughey, you saw he toyed with it a while ago and then wisely decided he wasn't going to run for, for governor of Texas, even though he was flirting with the idea. I think he copped on and thought, hey, I'm an actor. I don't think the skills are transferable. We have a, an awful candidate to become governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake. She was a TV news presenter. You know, she was a, a basically a host on on TV news and current affair programs. She is to the extreme far right of Donald Trump. Uh, she has a, a lot of really disturbing messages, and and you know that that she touts around the place. She's leapfrogging from her well-known position as an Arizona, you know, news anchor. And um, I hope it doesn't work. It may work. We have Dr. Oz, of course. And uh, there was Al Franken, who was a Democrat. He was a comedian. He was best known as a comedian and, mm. and very smart guy, very witty, very clever. He was elected easily as, as um, a senator from Minnesota. But then in the Me Too movement, there was a photograph of him going on a, a from his stand-up days, going to to basically do a tour to cheer up the American troops. Uh, I can't remember. I think it may have been in Germany, but anyway, it was overseas. And he was photographed um, with his hands sort of poised over sleeping, his, the woman who was traveling with him, over her breasts. And they were kind of like, they weren't touching them, but he had that stupid, childish, juvenile you know, thing. And, and he's grinning at the cameras. Now, it was hmm. stupid, and he was forced to resign. I didn't think... It reached the level of me too. I really didn't. I thought, yes, he should be embarrassed. He should apologize. But he was basically run out of the Senate because the Democrats wanted to appear like Caesar's wife. They wanted to be holier than thou on, on the me too thing. And I I really didn't think that he deserved that. Um, so well, he, he, I know the Al Franken good. story. We could probably do a full a full we episode could. on that. And, yeah, uh, but there does seem to be like Al Franken from, is a good one to jump in on there because there's yeah. it does feel like there's nearly two probably three streams of famous person that jumps into politics in the states yeah. and Kanye West is in one particular vein of that the most extreme oh, yeah. vein of that that people view as utterly opportunistic everybody says who does he think he is I just told you who I thought I was, a god. Yeah. That whether right or wrong, they view him using this um, really important structure within our lives as mm -hmm. a trampoline for whatever it is that he's promoting yeah. at that point. Now, he had a very rough week this week in that vein, and I think it fed more fuel to that belief that anything he does, uh, political or otherwise, is self-serving. 
he's not again he's not the first celebrity to do it come on over to patreon.com forward slash irishman abroad to hear the second half of this discussion get marion's take on every celebrity ever to run for office and every politician ever to become a celebrity including clint eastwood aoc oprah clay aiken jerry springer rose and Barr, and many more irishman in america is an irishman abroad podcast Research and sound production by Jarlath Regan. Special thanks to Tina and Mikey. You can get more from Marion McKeown this Sunday and every Sunday in the Sunday Business Post. <laughs>